0: I'm Don Lego. It's time to buckle up once again for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue impacting our communities and building better tomorrows and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together we'll dive into lively conversations, chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders, and we'll explore those hot button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. Well, let's get going. I'm so excited to welcome you back to Raise Nation Radio. If you're new here, we stream on 11 channels and on demand at onecause.com. Today's episode, I hope you're ready to geek out with us because we're going to talk about data-driven development, data year over year that have given us really great insights on how you can take actionable results to further your missions. And on that note, thank you for everything that you do every day to build better tomorrow for our communities, but somebody who's super passionate about helping you do that is my dear friend and colleague. uh, One Cause's director of public relations and communication who has just led yet another research study and has all great things to share with us. You're not gonna wanna miss a single second, but we will be back right after this commercial break.
1: Hey there, fearless fundraisers. Do you wanna raise more faster? Research shows that investing in learning saves time and increases your productivity. We got you. One Cause University offers a vast catalog of training to empower your success, and it's free to customers. Our courses include expert-led life sessions, self-paced training, CFRE webinars, and best practices to raise more with One Cause. Enroll today and find the inspiration, tools, and support to grow your mission.
0: Welcome back. I'm so excited to continue the conversation about data and research and actionable items that we can take back to the planning room. My guest today is Sarah Sebastian, the Director of Public Relations and Communications at One Cause, and we're going to dive right back into it. Sarah Sebastian, please uh, welcome to Raise Nation Radio. It's so great to have you here. I'm ready to geek out with you.
1: Hey Don, thank you for uh, having me on today. Uh, I'm ready to get a little nerdy about data here myself. Yeah. Um, so before good. we get started, I'll kind of just give everybody a little bit of background, um, so they are not just hearing all of these numbers from a total stranger.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, we want to get to know you. So let's get <laughs> let's get cozy and intimate.
1: Sure. Uh, so I'm relatively new to one cause, at least. I've been here since April. Um, prior to that, uh, I did work for another fundraising software company, QGive, for about seven and a half years. So I've been in the industry doing similar things for a long time. Um, and I'm also on, um, or I'm, I'm a volunteer fundraiser for an organization here in Florida, Florida Access Network. Um, I've been on a board of an organization. So there is some nonprofit experience there. I promise I'm not just yelling numbers out you at you without having any kind of experience in the past
0: we wouldn't think that has the weather there in florida <laughs> and we're recording this um in july so what's the weather like over there
1: uh i'm peeking out my through my curtains right now it looks sunny which means it's probably about 95 degrees right now at 11 o'clock
0: in the morning so yeah
1: nice and toasty and very humid.
0: <laughs> I'll stay here in New Jersey, although I don't know that we're experiencing that much different weather. So, yeah. all right, you ready to get into it? Sure. All right, let's talk about first, like all those W questions, right? Because before we dive into data, I, I think our audience is going to want to know, like, how many nonprofits did we survey? Who were they? When, like, what was the time span? Um, how far back? How recent was it? Why do we do this? How did we go about it? it you know, did we handpick mm-hmm. these people? Were they random? Let's let's get that out. Get at that out of the way so that we could let the data make more sense.
1: Yeah, sure. So for the 2022 uh, giving experience study, this was actually the third time um, that OneCost has done a social donor study. Third, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah,
1: wow. Uh, The first one was in 2018. And if you go to our site, it was under a different name. It was called like the social donor study. And then we changed the name later and it's now giving experience, hopefully forever and ever.
0: Um, I like that change. I do too. Yeah,
1: yeah. The second study took place in twenty twenty one, and that really shed a lot of light on how giving changed during the pandemic. So this year, third year, and we're looking back across all of our data to see how social donors, expectations, motivators and giving patterns have changed. Uh, And as far as the methodology, uh, we work with a research firm called Edge Research. Uh, They're based in Washington, D.C. They work with a lot of nonprofits on some of their surveys as well, like Human Rights Campaign, Meals on Wheels. Uh, And when the surveys launched, it's to a pool of people that's census representative to ensure we're getting accurate representation of various groups. So we get all ages, regions, races, and income levels. Uh, And that means we can be confident in presenting that data as an accurate representation of the larger population. Um, And this year, we wound up surveying 1,029 uh, people who self-identified as social donors. Uh, So that's kind of the basics there for you.
0: Yeah. Wow. I should have known all of that, but I didn't, I didn't realize how in depth this all was and, and, and random and authentic and okay. So that's really good news, but you know what, I'm going to ask you a hard question and it may sound like a silly question, but I'd love to define social donor and social giving, I think it just means so many things to so many different things to so many people. And we probably should just do a really good definition there so that we can continue the conversation.
1: Sure. I'd love to. So a social donor is really anyone who has donated to or attended a fundraising event sponsored someone or participated in a fundraising run, like a walk or a ride, uh, or donated or requested donations as part of a fundraising challenge, or maybe even a, in an occasion, like if you offer up your birthday, instead of having gifts, you want people to donate to an organization um, or even like a giving day. Um, breaking those down a little more, if we think about fundraising events, it could be anything like a gala, an auction, um, and then runs, walk, and rides. Those can be in person, they can be virtual, and then they all involve some sort of participant fundraising where you're going to ask your friends, your families for donations on behalf of a nonprofit organization. Um and if you think about challenges, we've been seeing a lot of these here at One lately because we're participating in a social fundraising campaign called Indie Tech Gives, and people are hosting all kinds of different challenges. Uh, Somebody
0: I heard is uh hosting a bake a thon. Is that true, Miss Sarah?
1: Yes. Yeah, last in the home stretch here, I decided I'm just going to do a, bir- a virtual bake sale. Uh, and that was actually pretty successful. I've gotten, I think, like $300. From wow. Mom, so I'm going to be doing a okay. Lot of baking.
0: Okay. <laughs> let me, yeah, you're, I'm going to have to come down and help. um So let me see if I get this right. So you're participating in Indie Tech Gives. You're, having a bake-a-thon, you invite me as part of your network and friends to mm-hmm. to donate or to buy your delicious cookies. That makes me and, and I do so and maybe I'd make a donation on top of that. That makes me a social Yep. That's a social giving activity and you makes are. me a social donor. Is yeah, that right?
1: You're a social donor.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So one more example, one more example. Mm-hmm. I'm having a gala here and mm-hmm. the Jersey shore. And I hear that you're in town and I invite you. And I I I I, I buy a, a table of 10 and one of those seats is for Sarah Sebastian. And she comes, right? And you're 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 bidding on silent auction items and you're making a donation and you know you're you're really Involved or maybe not, just maybe. Come, you're a social donor, right? Absolutely. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm with you. I got it. Way. All right. Awesome examples. Okay, so now can I? Let's dive down a little bit deeper into the why. Why is this important? Why should nonprofits care? Why should data drive their development? Sure. That's a hard question. I hate to put you on the spot, but <laughs> I know you'll have some good insights. Oh,
1: totally fine. It is super important and. We have to remember that every nonprofit is unique. So the donor makeup, obviously, of one organization is going to be completely different from that of another. With data, it's going to make it easier for nonprofits to plan their communications, their campaigns, what channels they're using in an effective way. Um, But it takes a little more than just looking at general summarized data, for example, like in the giving experience report, we've broken down certain sections by generations because that data can be wildly different based on age group preferences. Um, And if you've got a strong donor base that maybe leans a little bit older, you don't want to target them with the same strategies that are based on broad data pulled from all age groups. You're going to really want to dig in and find out what they want. Um, that's going to make your communication and engagement with organi- with your organization feel more personalized, which is a major motivator in giving. So it's really going to boost your fundraising and make you more successful if you dig in and find these donor
0: preferences. So you're helping nonprofits meet donors where they are and mm-hmm. developing a sense of community, which that's a big buzzword today in, in, in yeah. fundraising. Yeah. Community is a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So now let's talk about year over year. Um, You just mentioned, and I think I knew that I should have known that this is our third year running, creating Mm -hmm. this, you know, uh, conducting this independent uh, research. And, you know, the research is, is definitely a continuum why and like, what, what does that do for us? What, what, what insights and intelligence does it give us, give us, and why is that year over year history important?
1: Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you look back over the years, there's a tendency, and this is not saying anything negative about nonprofits,
0: change can be pretty slow. In, oh, please, I hate change. So it has nothing to do with nonprofits, right? Change something yeah. up on me, and I'm like, whoa,
1: what? Yeah, but change can be pretty slow in the philanthropic sector, and it's good to look back and see exactly what has changed, so, so you can make those adjustments. Seeing that year over your data is going to give you some insight into how thing or how donors are responding to what's going on in the world, because even like a small little change. Think about the butterfly effect. Something is going to happen. Donors are going to react to it. So being able to see, looking back, okay, here's how they reacted to this particular incident or whatever was going on in the world. Something like that might be happening, coming up here pretty soon. So I can probably plan for my donors to react similarly and go ahead and take action. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there are like changes in legislation, which has been happening a lot lately, mm-hmm. uh, we'll look back at some past data and be like, okay, there was a change here. I think they're going to react this way. Let's go ahead and plan for this. So it's really helpful to have on hand.
0: So this, it just keeps getting better. It's the research that keeps on giving, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the yeah. more we do this, the more we learn and mm-hmm. the more we can plan. So, all right. Well, thank yeah, you for level like, setting, sure. for setting that foundation and, you know, just orienting us to the, you know, the, the, all the W questions, mm-hmm. but now we're going to get into it. Come on. share. Are you willing to share what are the most significant findings I'm dying sure. to know? Yeah, let's get into it. And please jump in if you
1: have like questions or comments on this, because this is where I start talking fast and <laughs> getting excited.
0: You're just so- like endless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Waterfall effect. Here we go.
1: So in this year's study, this this is great. This is where we talk about change. Approximately 29 percent or one in three of U.S. adults we surveyed self-identified as a social donor. Um, And this continues an upward trend in people participating in social giving. Um, In 2018, in our first study, it was at 23%. And then in 2021, it was 27%. So we have seen 6% growth in 2018. And we talked internally. I was like, I feel like that's great. And a few people had questions. They're like, I don't know. Does that seem kind of slow to you? But we kind of consulted folks in the industry. We talked to people uh, at Edge, our research firm. And they were like, no, that's fantastic. Any growth here is going to be significant. Um, And that's good news as the nonprofit world is moving toward recovery. Um, We're still seeing growth here. Uh, There are some areas we're going to go into where you'll see like a return to pre-pandemic levels uh, in giving or in participation. So growth here overall is just showing there's this great upward movement. And what happened during the pandemic when people really kind of showed up for virtual events, it wasn't really an anomaly. It's still growing. Um, People really enjoy these social giving experiences. Uh, And if you do the math against the U.S. population, uh, it means there are almost 100 million people who have participated in social giving in the 12 months. Wait, what What was that number? (laughs) Almost 100 million. It's like 96 million people. So it's a lot. So if you hear somebody say, oh, it's just a
0: handful of the population. Yeah, no.
1: That's not a handful. That's (laughs) That's not a a handful.
0: handful. Yeah. And I love the fact that... you know, the, the, there's some underscore about the number because you hear the number six percent, and and it sounds single digit, digit-ish, mm-hmm. but there's it's so significant, and I'm glad that that was underscored. Yeah. yeah. All right. What else do you got? Like, what stayed the same? What changed? What else do you got for us? Sure.
1: So one of my favorite findings, uh, and this honestly is really major for nonprofits, is that 43% of social donor surveys. Surveyed said they were lapsed donors, meaning they had given to an organization again after not giving for a year or more. And there were even some donors who came back to give after five or 10 years.
0: Whoa, 43% and Mm. resurrecting people from five and 10 years ago. Hmm. Yes. Okay. So, I I
1: know we'll talk a little bit about like some strategies later. So I have some things to say about this one, but I just wanted to bring it up kind of briefly now because it's that's a huge stat, and there's so much opportunity around that for us.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I can't wait to hear that, that the <laughs> actionable or right, do you have anything else? I mean, I have like uh, I loads have of questions for you, yeah. but if you have more, go more for it. Findings.
1: There, were, there was a lot of good stuff. Um, go ahead. We also found that uh, social giving and virtual engagement, those are continuing to boost access for donors who have been historically underrepresented in or excluded from philanthropy. So Gen Z, millennial donors, black and Hispanic social donors uh, actually reported giving more more money than last year, and that they gave to more organizations. So there's a lot of growth there, really opening up some doors that really were locked before, uh, especially before the kind of digital transformation, where virtual fundraising really opened up the range for engagement for nonprofit. So that's a huge one that we continue to see growing as well. Um, and then I have this actually in my notes in all caps. <laughs> uh oh,
0: here comes the all cap announcement. And
1: the social donors told us they still want virtual options. Um, really? Yeah. And I know you and I have talked about this and a few other people as well saying, hey, we've tried in person events, we've tried to get people excited to come back. We're just not seeing these same attendance numbers. What is happening? Why aren't they coming back? And the data told us exactly what was happening. They want the virtual options. And I'll touch specifically on event donors right now. They're the most ready to return to in-person events with about 38% saying they only want in-person or mostly in-person engagement. But that's still leaving 56% of your event social donors that are looking for some sort of virtual option. So they're telling nonprofits they want that virtual option on the menu, shall we say. So it's super important to provide that to them.
0: I think what we're saying here is that, you know, it's not a seesaw. It's not all or nothing. It's not, okay, don't do do events because we have a strong showing that people want virtual. We're not saying Mm -hmm. do all virtual because we're all clamoring to get back, you know, into the ballroom. I think it's just going to take a little bit more time. Maybe, you know, we COVID is, Hopefully in the rear view mirror, although we're still seeing different things state to state, but keeping your flexibility and your calendar diverse mm-hmm. and making sure that you have options to meet all of your donor base mm-hmm. is still really important. There's not going to be a light switch flip from, okay, COVID's over. Let's all get back into the, It's going to take time and patience and we have to keep those that we have to keep that fundraising flexible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be kind of like a slow burn to get people back to in-person events. And something uh, one of our clients actually mentioned on a call, uh, this made sense to me, She said it was so nice to think that donors just had that option in the background. Like if they did just happen to get sick before an event or they had car trouble and they couldn't make it, they could just tune in virtually and still make it to the event without us having to give them a refund or something. We just maybe adjusted the price of
0: their ticket. And I thought that was a really good point that she made. For sure. And, you know, I think that we are struggling cause we wanted that, you know, the flip of the light switch. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, your plan, it's so hard to plan, right? Do, do I plan for a 200 person gala, a 500 person gala, so hard to plan. So we do have a webinar coming up with, um, you know, one of our partners, I believe in August, that's going to talk about, you know, filling that ballroom, how to engage that audience, how to motivate them to come back, make them feel safe, make them feel comfortable. Again, it's not all or nothing, but we really have to get back to basics, have a little bit more patience. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you, the slow burn. All right. What else yeah. do you got for us?
1: Sure. Um, you asked me about what stayed the same. Um, there was a lot of change, but one thing that did stay the same in the past 12 months, uh, 39% of our donors said they are surveyed, said they participated or donated to run walk and ride campaigns. That's pretty close to last year. Um, and the spread of participation kind of across the types of social giving was almost identical to 2021. So there was not a lot of movement there, um, in that 2021 study. That's where we saw a lot of change kind of across the giving types, um, There was really a rise in giving days and challenges then, which makes sense because that was when everybody was trying to get creative, going into offering those creative challenges. So that was um, something we saw just kind of stayed the same this year. There was not any kind of major thing that made that change. Um, As far as things that did change significantly, I kind of skipped over this in key findings because I knew this question was coming um, a little bit. I want to touch on motivators. So this is okay. where we saw something pretty significant. And this is kind of in response to the question we asked that said, thinking about the last time you donated through social fundraising, how well do each of the following describe why you donated? Um, the why
0: and- behind it. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: And we're looking at the percentage who reported it as describes this perfectly. So let me give you a little history here from our data. In our first two studies, the top three giving motivators were consistent. It was ease, mission, and impact. Donors gave because it was easy to do, because they cared about the mission of an organization, or they knew that the money raised was going to make a difference. Okay. This year, here's where our our change comes in there were multiple uh new rising motivators and the top motivator in 2022 was trust so 59% trust. yeah uh huh yep so 59% gave because they trusted the organization to do the right thing um we saw personal connection move into the top three. 58% of donors said they gave because they cared about the person who asked them to donate, as opposed to the organization itself. Um, EASE was still in there in the top three at 58%. And the top 10 kind of contained multiple multiple responses focusing on impact as well. So that's still there in the top 10. Um, so instead of kind of narrowing our focus across these motivators, because they're so kind of closely related we kind of changed our viewpoint here and we're viewing this as a giving motivator, uh, ecosystem. So building an easy frictionless giving process, creating that diverse community of donors, sharing your mission, conveying impact. Those are all kind of going into creating the ultimate generosity motivator. And that's trust that's right there at the center of that ecosystem
0: for nonprofit. So really taking a look at your story and making sure that it's, you know, authentic and real and transparent so that you can build that those trust factors and um, of course, meeting them where they are so that you can make it easy. Who doesn't want easy? If I I have to do a second click someplace, I'm like, yeah, I don't really need that item. Or, you know, yeah. So you really have, wow, that's interesting trust.
1: Yeah. And something we talked about, uh, I had a conversation yesterday with our CEO. Uh, We were talking about folks just, they're feeling, uncertain. We're all feeling very uncertain. Like, We're not sure, I'm sure some of it had to do with the pandemic, but there's just so much going on. We're all in a very strange headspace right now. So uh, donors are really kind of looking to nonprofits for reassurance, you know, that donors are being put to good use and that organizations are acting with integrity. And well, you know, as a nonprofit that yes, we're doing all of this great stuff. It's kind of about coming up with this new and creative messaging to really show donors, you can trust us. This is the difference we're making in the world. This is the difference we're making in people's lives and in your lives because we're all just on this weird kind of boat that's rocking in the ocean right now. Yeah. Feeling very odd.
0: <laughs> yeah. It actually makes sense when you break it all down and then you put the numbers behind it, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to take you off. So if you still have some, you know, really great findings, you know, let's talk about it, but I do want to get, um, mm-hmm. te- you know, actionable recommendations. I mean, all these numbers are nice, but I, I, You know, for me, as much as I love data, when I just see all these numbers in front of me and this is an in-depth study and we can can our audience get this study somehow the full, you know, the full enchilada, how do we, how can they access it?
1: Sure, they can easily access this on our website, uh, onecause.com backslash research, and there's a whole page with all of our past studies there as well. Um, so oh, good. Look back across; you can
0: check those out too. Okay, what was that? Onecause.com. What I should know this. What is it again, Sarah? I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: onecause.com
0: backslash research. Got it. Okay, great, great. Okay, so now I have you know this very. I saw you know some of the the, the page length to this. So for <laughs> me, if I have all this data in front of me and pie charts, And, you know, I immediately, I love it. It's like, wow, that's interesting. But now I don't know what to do with it. I feel a little bit overwhelmed. So can we talk about some actionable results? Yeah, absolutely. I can give you a few.
1: Um, I think to start, let's talk a little bit about mobile giving. Um, Our numbers came back and people are really sticking with giving options that are going to make it easy to give on the go. Uh, we saw donations on mobile devices uh, go up from 8% in 2018, uh, 23% in 2021, and then up again oh. this year's survey to 26%. So there was an 18-point increase over that time span. Um, and this really speaks to the findings. Um, they've been consistent over the years. Donors want giving to be easy. They want options when it comes to how, when, and where they give. Um, and we also saw text donations go up eight percent since our first mm. uh, social donor survey. It's not showing any sign of slowing down as a channel. So think about that. We always have our phones. It feels weird when we don't have our phones. <laughs> They're like little attachments now.
0: Yeah. No. I'm always talking to Alyssa, <laughs> and and you know when she's going someplace, I'm like, please carry a pocketbook or a backpack or something and get the phone? Cause I feel like she has two legs, two arms and a phone. Yep. So I hear you. We're always with our phones.
1: Yeah. So it, it sounds like, it- we, we hear this all the time. Nonprofits hear it, but you have to make it incredibly easy to give on mobile devices. It just makes sense. So it's like part of our daily lives. So
0: mobile optimize everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, pretty much. I know there's a frustration. I'm sure you've had it too, where you're on a website and you're like, why can't I do anything on my phone? Scrolling
0: up, scrolling yeah. down. It's <laughs> going bigger, going smaller. Yeah, I'm done, right? How to do that to make it mobile optimized. Um,
1: I think it's also important to remember, and we touched on this, Remember that donors, are asking for those virtual options, literally mm-hmm. told us they want them. Um, if they're not going up to your in-person events after you've put a ton of effort into planning and building excite- excitement, think about why. Like ask your donors, survey them, see if your supporters feel the same way like our survey respondents did your audience makeup might be a little bit different. Uh, we touched about like different needs for different nonprofits and their audiences. So see who's in that audience and what they're looking for and respond accordingly. Um, they're going to tell you what they want. Um, wow. I think probably the easiest one for nonprofits to act on now relates to those lapsed donors. Uh, mentioned early that 40% 3%.
0: Yeah. Crazy.
1: Relapsed.
0: Um, and what I found significant about that is mm-hmm. that it's not lapsed from last year or pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. You're, we're talking five, 10 years. So that's yeah. definitely, you know, a, a pool to tap into, you know, and, and it should be easy peasy because you have the data, uh, the database. So exactly. for sure.
1: So get in there in your database, look at those LAPS donors, start targeting them with some social giving campaigns. You could put together a series of invites just for those donors, asking them to get involved with one of your uh, social giving campaigns. So super easy thing that you can do, get in there and start uh, segmenting your communications to them.
0: Sarah, there's just so much here. There's so, so there's a lot, right? I mean, that is one long study. Is there any way or any plan to like have specific derivative content or deep dives and in certain areas. And, you know, this is a very recent study, but what can we expect over like the next three, six months with just taking a deep focus, a magnifying glass over a certain area? Any plans for that?
1: Absolutely. And I like, oh, good. I was hoping you'd say yes. (laughs) That's what we're going to call one of the pieces too. Um, everyone I've spoken to is really excited about learning more about how different generations participate in social giving. So the first Um, thing we're going to put together um, is a demographics deep dive um, that'll be coming out probably late August or early September. Um, I would also like to take a look at the information we got back on different social media platforms, maybe doing some mini pieces on that. People are always wondering, which one should I use? What audience is here? What age groups? So we'll share some of that data as well. And then we'll also be putting together some content on the generosity, generosity,
0: motivator ecosystem and strategies to build donor trust since that was such, since that's, yeah, thing. such mm-hmm. a big finding, you know, and I've heard, um, I'm interested about like the social media platforms because I have heard if you're not on TikTok, you know, you're not fundraising and that may be true, right? Because TikTok is a great channel, fantastic channel, new, fun, you know, but you know your donors best and yep. they may or may not be on TikTok. So, um, you know, it's just that spirit of meeting your donors where they are is really where we need to be going. So I love the, just the deep dives that you're planning. And I, I can't wait to have you back and we can talk about those too. Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited yeah. to come back and talk about especially the demographic stuff. So, all right. Top two takeaways. I'm putting you on the spot now. I know I'm so sorry, but well, if you had to just say the top two, what what would they be? I might give you three just because, and I'm going to sound like a
1: broken record, that lapsed donor stat, yeah. 43%, trust, building trust in everyone. There's all of these factors that go into building trust. And then just remember, social giving is still growing. We have seen growth every single year it's going to continue, especially as people are starting to like get back in touch with their family, their friends, they're craving social interaction. And this type of fundraising is a great way to give that to them in a fun way while they are supporting your organization.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, it makes sense that those would be your top three. Um, so we talked about accessing the full study. So that was was that backslash forward slash onecause.com? Was it forward or backslash? Backslash? I can't even say it. Research
1: Which Onecause.com. It actually might be a forward slash, but just go to our website, look in our resources tab, and you will find the little research area on the menu, and Fantastic. it will take you there. I
0: promise. Now, what about <laughs> other forms? If I don't like reading, you know, um, what about other forms of content on research, like, I don't know, blogs or webinars. Of course, we're happy to have you here on Raise Nation Radio. What else is available? Just so our audience knows.
1: Sure. We did um, a key findings webinar uh, just after the launch. The recording is uh, there in our center as well. Uh, we do have quite a few derivative blogs that have already been uh, put out by our amazing content team. Um, they dig into the top findings and then kind of a little bit further into some of the uh, key findings that I just talked about. I know there was a blog about trust, so go check that out. There'll be an infographic. There's all kinds of great for you to check out.
0: Oh, fantastic. Okay. And I think I knew that. Didn't Didn't we host that webinar together? I shouldn't have even asked that question. I should have been able to ask and answer it. So John, you know, no I find
1: what day it is anymore. It's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, um, I really think we're going to have to have you back because I can't believe we just like went blew through a half hour, um, mm-hmm. uh, in no time. So, um, we're going to have to have you back to raise nation radio, but let me ask if, if we have any listeners, you know, we have such a great audience. They listen 24 seven. They're probably on the weekend getting their workout in, but maybe we've sparked something that they, they, they just need more, want more, where can they send maybe an email communication or how can they contact us?
1: Sure. Um, You can actually use, just use my media contact email address if you want. You can do presslongcause.com. That comes directly to an inbox that I monitor and I'm happy to answer any questions um, or kind of plan to include some of those questions in content that's coming up.
0: Yeah, and then we of course have um, had to contact us at onecause.com. This was super exciting. I can't wait to dive deeper with you over the next uh, couple of months and just keep the conversation going. Promise me you'll come back. I absolutely will. Thank you for having me today. Well, oh, thanks, Sarah. Fearless fundraisers. That's about all we have time for today. I'm so sorry to cut cut this off, but plenty more to come. Um, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at twelve thirty p m. That's Thursdays. 1230 PM Eastern time. But in the meantime, be sure to listen to the, all the episodes on raise nation radio, follow the channel that you like best. We stream on 11 channels and that way you can get the notifications about all our new guests. Uh, Fundraisers are doing amazing things to build better tomorrows. We have plenty of their stories on raise nation radio and you won't want to miss a single episode. Stories are just awe-inspiring. I would like to thank our sponsor One Cause for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy to use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with their donors. Be sure to check it, check it all out at onecause.com. Visit the resources tab on the homepage, broad catalog of eBooks, blogs, vlogs, everything that you'll need to find helpful including the research study. A huge shout out once again, and thanks to my guest, Sarah Sebastian. She's the director of of public relations and communications here at One Cause. Sarah, thank you again for being with us today. I so enjoyed our conversation. Oh, thank you. I did as well. So that is a wrap. Thank you again so much. Until next time, I'm Don Lego. This is Raise Nation Radio. Stay fearless out there.